0: Hi, I'm Pastor Adam, and you're listening to the Orange United Methodist Sermon Podcast. We're a church in Chapel Hill, North Carolina, that wants to help you find your place in God's story, and we hope this sermon can guide you along that journey. Visit orangemethodist.org to find out more information about location, service times, upcoming events, and ways to give. We hope you enjoy. Invite you to turn with me in your Bible or in the Pew Bible to Ephesians 6. 10 through 20, that's page 184 in your New Testament, 184. Hear now the word of the Lord. Finally, be strong in the Lord and in the strength of his power. Put on the whole armor of God so that you may be able to stand against the wiles of the devil. For our struggle is not against enemies of blood and flesh, but against the rulers against the authorities, against the cosmic powers of this present darkness, against the spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly places. Therefore, take up the whole armor of God, so that you may be able to withstand on that evil day, and having done everything, to stand firm. Stand, therefore, and fasten the belt of truth around your waist, and put on the breastplate of righteousness. As shoes for your feet, put on whatever will make you ready to proclaim the gospel of peace. With all of these, take the shield of faith with which you will be able to quench all the flaming arrows of the evil one. Take the helmet of salvation and the sword of the Spirit, which is the word of God. Pray in the Spirit at all times in every prayer and supplication. To that end, keep alert and always persevere in supplication for all the saints. Pray also for me, so that when I speak, a message may be given to me to make known with boldness the mystery of the gospel. For which I am an ambassador in chains, pray that I may declare it boldly as I must speak. This is the word of God for us, the people of God. God. Good morning once again. I am Pastor Corey, and I am so grateful to be with you this morning. I know it's been a little while since I have had the opportunity to preach, so it makes it extra sweet for me this morning. As you notice, Pastor Adam is not here, he is on a well deserved vacation. And so we pray for him and uh, Jen as they travel from Nashville home this coming week. They went to see a concert, so I'm sure they had a lovely time. But it is good to be together. This week, we are starting our new sermon series, Revive. So for the next five weeks, we are going to explore the five membership vows of United Methodists. And if you're officially a member of United Methodist Church, then you have stood before this or another congregation and professed your faith in Jesus Christ, and you've agreed to support the church in five ways. By our prayers, our presence, our gifts, our service, and since 2008, our witness. We added that one. So once again, our prayers, our presence, our gifts, our service, and our witness. Now if you are a member, let these next five weeks serve as a reminder a remembrance a revival, to live out these vows. And if you have not yet officially joined, this is not our sales pitch. Instead, it is an invitation to practices that our tradition believes are sacred, that we believe are effective disciplines toward leading a Christ-centered life. So this morning, week one, we are considering together the spiritual practice of prayer. So what better way to begin than by going to God in prayer? O gracious and holy God, give us wisdom to perceive you, intelligence to understand you, diligence to seek you, patience to wait for you, eyes to behold you, and a heart to meditate upon you, and ultimately a life to proclaim you. Through the power of the Spirit of Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. That's a... Prayer from St. Benedict of Nursia, written in the 6th century. So we began with prayer, and I've been praying a lot about this message this week, asking the Holy Spirit to illuminate for me, within me, what word we as a congregation might need to receive about the practice of prayer. Because prayer is something we're all familiar with, even if we're nominally religious or we're not religious at all, we're all familiar with the phrase Our thoughts and prayers. Those sentiments get thrown around so often that they've even warranted some real criticism. So many people say, when hardship or tragedy come, we need more than thoughts and prayers. And I wouldn't disagree. Many times, life calls for action. Life calls for our service, for our gifts, for our witness, for our presence. But I would argue that the scripture attests that there is never a moment when prayer isn't a proper response to the circumstances of our lives and in the lives of those around us. The good, the bad, the unknown, the painful, the joyful, all the ebbs and flows in our lives can be articulated and shared with God through prayer. As Paul writes in Ephesians 6, pray in the Spirit at all times, in every prayer and supplication. To that end, keep alert and always persevere in supplication for all the saints. Pray at all times. Paul's commitment to prayer and his instructions in his letters to the New Testament churches echo this sentiment again and again. In Romans 12.12, Paul writes, rejoice in hope be patient in tribulation, be constant in prayer. Philippians 4, 6, do not be anxious about anything, easier said than done, but in everything, by prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God. Colossians 4, 2, continue steadfastly in prayer, being watchful in it with thanksgiving. 1 Thessalonians 5, 16 through 18, Rejoice always, pray without ceasing, in everything give thanks, for this is the will of God in Christ Jesus for you. Paul tells us, the church, to pray, and when we pray, to give thanks. And amid our thanksgiving, we are invited, encouraged to ask God for what we need. Paul also tells the church to please, please, please pray for me, pray for him. He practically begs them as he writes, keep him in their prayers. Here in Ephesians 6, the message translation puts it this way And don't forget to pray for me. Pray that I'll know what to say and have the courage to say it at the right time, telling the mystery to one and all, the message that I, jailbird preacher that I am, am responsible for getting out. Paul tells us to give thanks, to pray for ourselves, our need. And to pray for one another. Now, there have been countless, I mean, countless. The internet told me it cannot count how many books have been written on the practice of prayer because there are too many. Countless books written on how to pray correctly. Church, people of God, this is good news. It isn't that complicated. Paul keeps it simple. Give thanks. Even when you don't necessarily feel thankful, give thanks. And we may think, Paul, he didn't quite have the stress levels or the hardships that I have. Paul was sitting in a literal jail cell when he wrote these words. It was hard. But even still, Paul, fortified by the armor of God, chose to say, What a gift to be able to preach to these prison guards while I'm here. I will find something in the midst of my hardship. I will discover something for God to redeem. Give thanks, even when it isn't easy. And as you give thanks, don't be ashamed to ask God for what you need for what you need to change. Invite God into the circumstances of your life. Ask God for guidance. Ask God for courage. Ask God for miracles. Ask God for perspective. Ask God for what you need. I'll say it again. Invite God into the circumstances of your lives through prayer. That's asking God for supplication. Asking God to move in your life to be an active participant with you. Henry Nouwen, a profound theologian and Catholic teacher, writes extensively on the power and practice of prayer. And he writes that prayer is the most concrete way to make our home in God. Prayer is the most concrete way to make our home in God. Prayer keeps us connected to God through communion, through relationship with God. That is communion, to be in community, relationship. Prayer is the place that we lay before God everything we have. Our needs, our supplication, our pain, our thanksgiving, our dreams, our fears. Prayer is a place that we can be the most vulnerable, the most honest with God. Prayer is the foundation upon which our relationship with God is built and grows. Invite God into your need. Give thanks. Invite God into your circumstances. And Paul's final instruction here in this passage, pray for others. Invite God not only into your own need, but invite God to tend to the needs of others. Pray for God to intervene, to be made known in the lives of those around you. Paul asked the church in Ephesus to pray that he would have the right words to speak that he'd have the courage to speak them. When was the last time you prayed for someone? For your spouse, your child, your neighbor, co-worker, a friend? Did you tell them you were praying for them? And when was the last time you asked someone to pray for you? Did you tell them why? Prayer is an invitation for God to come close to us. And it is God's attention to our desire that brings us close to God. Prayer is an invitation for God to come close to us. And it is God's attention to that desire in prayer that brings us close to God. If you are feeling far from God, if you're feeling lost, in your faith walk. If you don't know where to start, prayer is the place. There are endless resources. You don't have to do any of this on your own. I know it is hard to pick up the phone, especially when you haven't spoken to that person in some time and that pressure of a long catch-up looms. It can keep us from calling for so long or that phone call we know we've needed to make, but... We can't get our nerve up because it feels unknown, and there's risk involved. However long it's been, however intimidating it may feel, there's help. You can use a script. You can pray the Psalms. You can use a prayer book. I got plenty. Ask me for a recommendation. And if for some reason you're still struggling to start that conversation, Ask someone to pray for you, to pray that you might find the right words, that you might have the courage. And if you're brave enough, braver than most of us in this room, maybe you pray without words. You sit in the space and you trust that the Holy Spirit already knows your need. Church prayer is the way we make our home in God. Prayer is the way we make our home in God, the place we feel safest, surrounded by love and warmth and protection, and yet the most vulnerable. It's the place we can be ourselves where we don't have to pretend. Prayer is the place we can offer thanks, ask for what we need, and lift others up. Prayer is our communion with God. It's where our relationship is nurtured and deepened. Now, I pray a lot. I'm quite literally a professional prayer. But I am still so insecure and incredibly humbled every time that is asked of me. But I did want to share with y'all where I think the importance of prayer began to take shape in my life. You see, when I was 10 years old, I was in a group that was essentially Christian Girl Scouts It was called Joy Bells. Do I have any other Joy Bells in the house? No, I didn't have any at nine either. So, but it was a Wednesday night program through the Church of God, and I sometimes wonder what they think, knowing they planted the seeds that led to this lady preacher up here. But I tell you, they did, and it was Children's Sunday. I was given my very first solo, and I practiced, and I practiced, and I practiced. And let me tell you, my siblings teased me, and teased me, and teased me. And, you know, I didn't know at the time, but my friends, I see it now for what it was, persecution, you know? (laughs) And I persisted, despite their relentless persecution and teasing. I sang that song with all my heart. And Ryan is going to play the song for you this morning, not me singing it, the song and if you're watching online, he's going to drop the link in the comments in case you can't hear it, uh, but in whatever media form you're watching, he'll drop the link. But it's a song called Somebody Prayed for Me. You might know it, depending on your uh, musical knowledge around gospel tunes, but I will invite Ryan to uh, play it, but I want you to invite you to imagine 10-year-old Corey singing this song with the same shoulder pads and as much zeal as the four people you are about to hear. But I think about it so often. I think about that song so often. Maybe it's because their teasing, burned it into my core memories, but I think I remember it because it has shaped my life. It is the reason I have made my home in God. And I pray it's the reason God has made a home in me. Somebody prayed for me. And it made a difference. And so I pray, I give thanks, I invite God into the nitty-gritty, and I pray for others. I pray because I believe it has the power to change us, to change our hearts, our perspectives. I believe it has the power to invite God's presence into our circumstances. And when God gets involved in our lives, when God gets involved in our lives, transformation is inevitable. It is. Prayer is the place we can start today. Prayer is a conversation we can begin today. It is an invitation that we can receive and extend. Orange, pray for yourself. Pray for your family. Pray for your church. Pray for your community. And ask someone to pray for you. Don't be shy. It is not selfish. It is biblical. It draws us into community with each other and with God. And for the next four weeks of this sermon series, I have an invitation for you. Pray about it. And if the Spirit prompts you toward it, then so be it. But for the next four weeks at 7:45 a.m. on Sundays, we will meet here in the sanctuary to pray for orange. Just to pray for orange. Four Sundays, 30 minutes. Pray about it, and if the Spirit moves, then I will see you next week at 745. And with that invitation before you, I also have an opportunity this morning. I want to pray for you and with you. If we have any Stephen ministers present, I'll invite them during our closing hymn. If you are in need or want of prayer, I invite you to come forward. I'll be so, so grateful to be able to have that opportunity to pray with you and for you. You can share what you want us to pray for, about, or you can just simply say, I need prayer. But again, I'll invite our Stevens ministers forward uh, to be available as well during our closing hymn. But I want us to remember Paul's instructions today to give thanks, to lay our needs before the one who already knows them, and to pray for our siblings in Christ. Church, may we through prayer make our home in Christ. Let us pray. Listening, listening, God, hear our prayers as we come before you. Hear the ones who are crying with pain in their heart. Hear the ones who are weeping with grief long into the night. Hear the ones who are sobbing in their loneliness. Loving God, heal their pain, restore their lives, mend their broken hearts. Leading God, lead us through the dark valleys. Lead us through troublesome times. Lead us to our home with you. Teach us to listen to your voice, that we may hear the cry of the needy and respond. Teach us to love, that we may offer care that brings others to you for healing. And teach us to lead to lead with your vision, so that we may lead others to you. Through your Son and in the power of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Thanks for listening to this week's sermon. Please join us again next week. In the meantime, you can find us online at orangemethodist.org.